Hello everyone and welcome back to The Sign of the Dollar. Now I know it's been a very long time since I last released a podcast and I've made this excuse several times and it's been happening for the last couple months. Uh, but the fact is that I have been very busy and I've been unable uh, to put out podcasts every week. So from now on, I'll no longer say that I'm going to put out podcasts weekly because that's simply not going to happen. Perhaps I will increase the frequency of my podcasts once I am on my summer holiday. But until then, I will be putting out podcasts perhaps once to twice a month. I'd say twice a month on uh, good months and once a month on months where I am extremely swamped in work from other uh parts of my life. So uh, I wanted to focus this podcast on everything that I missed, everything that went on in my absence of making podcasts. This involves news, it involves uh, politics, all all the things that happened uh, in the U.S. political climate and also any other things that happened outside of the U.S. uh, during my absence. So there's a lot of things to address (laughs) and I probably won't be doing this in chronological order. I'll just uh, talk based on what comes up to my mind first. So uh, what comes up to my mind first is the Mueller report. Uh, I'm sure all of you know by now that the Mueller report came out. Uh, The investigation has been terminated. It's been ended. And as of now, there's absolutely no proof of collusion. (laughs) I mean, there's not much to say about that apart from, obviously, the mainstream media is trying to hide this. The mainstream media is trying to make it seem as if that's not the case. They're all kinds of articles that I've seen about how, oh, the Miller report is not that conclusive and how the investigation should keep going on and all of that jazz. But basically, the bottom line is that there was no collusion and now it's official. The entire witch hunt is finally over. And yes, it's a time of celebration for conservatives, but it's also a time of embarrassment uh, for the Democrats. Uh, and the thing is, I looked at some news articles about this and I looked at the polls. And it turns out that the people who believe that Trump colluded with Russia still believe that he colluded with Russia after the reports have came out. So it just goes to show how <laughs> deluded these people are and how they'll state, stick to a stance, even if it's proven, if it's empirically proven that that stance is wrong. Uh, but anyway, there's not much more to say about that. I'm glad that the witch hunt is over. Um, there may have been some sort of interference in the U.S. election, but there certainly uh, was not any kind of collusion. So I'm glad that that's out of the way. So the next thing that comes to my mind is the entire uh, Jussie Smollett case. Uh, I didn't talk about this at all, and I didn't really see the need to talk about it, but now that we're addressing things that I've missed, this was quite a significant one. And uh, obviously you guys know what happened. Uh, Jussie Smollett had um, reported a hate crime that was done towards him, a quote-unquote hate crime, uh, where two men had harassed him uh, for his for his sexuality, for his skin color. And while they were doing that, uh, they allegedly said, this is MAGA country. I mean, that's completely ridiculous. Nobody says that, first of all. And it's very clear that he was trying to portray an image of Trump supporters. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I mean, everybody knows, it came out that uh, that entire thing was just a hoax. The hate crime was a hoax. He made it up. He wanted to improve his standing. He wanted to uh, paint... Trump supporters and paint the right wing in a bad light. Uh, but what's even worse than that is that he got away with it. If you guys didn't see the news, um, the, the person who was on the Jossie Smollett case uh, dropped all charges. And it's, it's really sad because you'd think that the U.S. has a justice system that's more fair than a lot of other countries. But that's not the case in many different situations. I mean, there's Hillary Clinton, 
there's Jesse Smollett, a lot of people who have political contacts, a lot of people who are on that side of the political spectrum uh, do get off very easily with um, crimes and things of that sort. So there is corruption everywhere, and although some people may argue that it's less in the U.S., there certainly does exist corruption uh, in the U.S., so that's something that we certainly need to crack down upon, and I know that that was one of Trump's promises during his campaign, so let's see how that goes. Uh, the next thing that comes to my mind is the Christchurch shooting. And I, I usually don't talk about shootings directly after they happen. Obviously, there's always a lot of uh, hysteria about implementing gun control after there's a mass shooting as if it would make any sort of difference. But I usually don't like to politicize a tragedy right after it happens. Uh, but now that it's been quite a while and now that there's been a lot of hysteria and there's also been uh, implementation of laws, uh, I can comment on what happened. And this doesn't only consist of whether applying gun control or whether increasing restrictions on guns is the right way to go about, uh, you know, dealing with this tragedy, uh, but it also consists of the motives behind the shooter and how a lot of mainstream media sources were trying to pin this on Trump and uh, the modern right-wing conservative movement. So obviously there's a lot wrong with that. And there's also the thing to address about his manifesto, about him saying subscribe to PewDiePie before he shot up that mosque. But it's very clear that he was in no sense a mainstream conservative. Conservatives don't believe in killing Muslims. They don't believe in killing blacks. While you may say that's an extreme stance taken to an extreme of some of the rhetoric that Trump or conservatives spew, it's still not true. Um, he himself admitted that he's not a conservative. He identifies with ideologies that are more extreme, more towards the authoritarian side, and he could be both left-wing or right-wing, depending on the definition, uh, and he said that himself. Uh, he also said that he, while he does look up to him as uh, look up to Trump as a symbol of white power he doesn't support him in his policy policy making at all so basically the reason he looks up to Trump is because he is white basically he's a white president and uh, he does have some policies that crack down on illegal immigration but then obviously you have these people who are completely against immigration like as a whole and Trump very clearly is not one of those people but the mainstream media continue to try and paint him to be and they just use this tragedy to further that agenda. But we all know that that's not the case. Trump definitely did not inspire this shooter. Uh, this shooter himself was not a clear Trump supporter. But even if he was, that shouldn't make a difference at all. I mean, Ben Shapiro has said this. His policy on inciting violence is as long as you don't directly call for it, you shouldn't be held accountable. And I completely agree because you can have people on all sides of the political spectrum uh, from extreme to moderate, uh, just expressing their own political views and um, being accused or being uh, held accountable for when one of their crazy supporters does something crazy. I mean, everybody is going to have crazy supporters. Once you have a large following, there's crazy people in the world and there's going to be crazy people that support you. You can't be held accountable for their actions. They are held accountable for their actions and you are held accountable for your actions. There's this entire thing about how rhetoric makes it more likely that things like this would happen. And that's not the case unless it's actually direct rhetoric that is calling for violence. But even if you say that it does have some kind of an influence, like the kind of rhetoric that uh, people you know, put out uh, on the amount of violent attacks and hate crimes that happen, um, you just can't tell people to stop putting out that rhetoric. I mean, it's 
their opinions. It's what they have to do in order to get somewhere, in order to actually make a change. So th that's just it's, it's just ridiculous that people try to pin this on uh, Trump and conservatives when it happens. It happens all the time. And although, I mean, we can't do much about it, there are obviously a lot of moderate left-wingers who did not subscribe to this uh, ridiculous blame game. Uh, but anyway, that's just my thoughts on the entire Christchurch shooting and uh, who it should be pinned on, and it, I don't think it should be pinned on anyone uh, but the shooter. And, of course, it was also the entire uh, revelation of him saying subscribe to PewDiePie uh, before shooting, and, yeah, that was part of his video. And uh, I've, I've seen a lot of mainstream media articles. I've seen even people I know personally who've said that PewDiePie is a white supremacist. I mean, there was obviously the uh, GoFundMe online that wanted to take PewDiePie off the platform. Uh, it, it simply amazes me how people can think of such a, a nice and, a, you know, a committed guy and call him a white supremacist. He, he has made a few jokes. But after all, they're jokes. I mean, regardless of how far jokes go, they're still jokes. And with the case of PewDiePie, he's also used the N-word. And my opinion on people using the N-word is like, either no one uses it or everyone uses it. And I don't think no one should use it because it's just a word. We shouldn't give a word so much power. So if, if you're saying that black people can use it because they're the people who are oppressed by that word, uh, it's, it's, it's simply not fair to then say that white people can't use it. Uh, because they're not going to use it in that context. And I'll always say this, uh, it's context that matters, not content. If somebody just says the N-word uh, out of frustration, or somebody says it to their friend and their friend is fine with it, then it's completely fine. But if they're saying it as a racial slur, then obviously it's a big problem because it has that history. And using racial slurs in any case, regardless of whether the word have strong histories or not, is, is not right. So once again, context is what matters and not content. And PewDiePie has never used the N-word as a racial slur to anyone, and I don't think we really should need to make it clear, but PewDiePie is not a white supremacist, not in the slightest. And if he was, he would. there would be no chance that he'd become so big. Of course, it's also worth mentioning that simply calling uh, the Christchurch shooter a uh, white supremacist is an oversimplification of his ideology and an oversimplification of the motives behind his attack. Of course, a lot of things would suggest that he might indeed be a white supremacist, but directly reaching that conclusion is not really the best way to address his motives and his ideology. Uh, and I've seen a lot of conservatives talk about this. I've spoken with a few people. I've engaged with a few people who've said that he's not a white supremacist. We shouldn't characterize him as such. And I've said that, well, he could well be, and a lot of things suggest that he might be. Uh, but the more important thing is that when they say, you know, it's an oversimplification of his ideology and his motives, I completely agree. But we should pick our fights. I mean, we don't want to get into the fight of trying to say that he's not a white supremacist because that's not a fight that we can win for sure. But one fight that we can win for sure and one fight that we should fight is that it's not at all Trump's responsibility. It's not at all mainstream conservative ideology that uh, influenced this shooter to do what he did. Now going from a tragedy to something more light, after which I'll address another tragedy. There's this song that I heard recently. I, I hadn't heard it until recently, and that's uh, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. And for those of you who don't know, it's a country rap song. Lil Nas X uh, is a rapper who decided to make a country song. And recently he did a feature with Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast know who he is. And one of the things, one of the controversies surrounding this song was that when it was first released, it quickly surged up to the top of the Billboard country charts, after which it was removed uh, from the charts because Billboard said that the song wasn't country. It wasn't country enough. Uh, I mean, it is true it's not really that all that country. If you listen to the song, the instrumental, while it does have some inspiration from uh, country music, it is mainly a hip-hop instrumental, and the type of singing that is done over it is also hip-hop. But to firstly put it on this chart and then remove it from the chart is kind of unfair, especially considering that a lot of songs on that chart are not quite as country as songs earlier that were country were. So there's a lot of songs on the country charts that are more pop. And obviously modern pop has a lot of elements of hip hop to it. So to remove this from the charts, I don't think it should have happened. But now there's also reconsideration considering that a country artist is actually a part of the song now uh, so there's a lot of memes about that but my opinion is that you know it should have remained on the country charts it's not really a country song but if it started on the charts and considering that there's a lot of songs on those country charts that aren't exactly country there's no reason it should have been removed and i actually quite like the song i usually don't like uh, hip-hop singing songs. I don't like a lot of songs like this, but this one's just really catchy and stuck in my head. So that was just something light that I wanted to share my thoughts on. Uh, and now to go on to the other tragedy, and that's the fire uh, of the Notre Dame church. And I don't have uh, much to say about this apart from the fact that we shouldn't be quick to jump to the conclusion that it was not perpetrated by anyone. I mean, there was some things, I'm not sure how true these things are, but I've seen a few things about certain organizations, certain uh, p people who were arrested, who were conspiring to burn this church. So it is important to consider what could be behind it and not simply write it off as something natural and write it off as something that wasn't deliberate. And just one last note before I finish off this podcast, this has been a rather short one. I will start recording uh, longer ones as I have more guests on this podcast. Uh, but the note I wanted to add was that in India, which is where I live and which is where I'm from, uh, elections are currently going on. So I will be covering uh, some things regarding the Indian election. I don't want to go too much into Indian politics as I realize a lot of my listeners are from the US, if not all of them. Uh, but I, I find it interesting how I can relate the Indian political climate to the US political climate, and that's what I'll try to do uh, in the upcoming podcast. So th that's something I hope uh, that you can look forward to. Uh, but anyway, that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. Uh, this has been your host, Anish Satpute. As I said, I'll be trying to upload podcasts perhaps twice a month. I may also get a guest host to occasionally upload podcasts. You may know him. He's been on the podcast previously. His name is Vince Dow. Uh, I'll give you guys more information about that on my Instagram. If you don't follow it, it's at TST Politics. Anyway, like I said, that'll do it for me today. I'm your host, Nisa Pute. Thank you for listening.